Welcome to a special Zwift podcast where we're going to talk about all that is gravel racing and training and we're going to talk about the upcoming Unbound Gravel Race. I'm Matt Lieto. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm the host of the Zwift Power Up Tribe podcast. I'm a former pro triathlete, but I've actually been racing gravel since about 2014 and actually raced Unbound in 2018. So I love gravel uh, and uh, can't wait to talk. Uh, with these guys about it. And luckily, I am joined today by Rasan Bahadi and Shane Gaffney to help you, to help me fill you guys in uh, on gravel. What's going on, guys? Good to see you. Thanks for having me. I just want to give a shout out to Matt's mustache. I know you guys <laughs> listening can't see it, but boy, oh boy, is it something to behold. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's I, 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 sh- I shave my beard once every six months, and for a day, whoever sees me gets to see a mustache. So you're welcome, <laughs> and uh, sorry for you listening that you can't. You can't, you can't see it. I just um, want to make sure that I got a shout out at some point in this podcast. So thank you for letting uh, me do so. No, I appreciate it. That's great. Um, but so for those of you who are maybe coming in from the try side or haven't heard, uh, don't know who. Rasan is maybe you're living under a rock or something because everybody should uh, know who Rasan is. But he's a retired pro pro cyclist uh, who won about every crit there was, as far as I can tell, back in the day, along with a, a few national titles. Uh, but uh, don't let that term "retired" fool you, because I'm pretty sure Rasan could uh, rip legs off you uh, at at any moment. And he's trained for Unbound 200. Uh, Unbound man. Yeah. Uh- I don't know if it's going to be good on me or not, but I'm doing it. That's awesome. Uh, sweet. Well, I can't wait to chat about it. And we also have an uh, intro with uh, Shane Gaffney. He is uh, our Zwift in-house coach extraordinaire uh, who developed a training plan specifically uh, for Unbound. And mostly, uh, sorry to speak for you on this, Rasan, but he's smarter than we are. And uh, I want, uh, uh, I think, uh, I think the people need to, to hear a smart person talk about uh, coaching and uh, how to train for these things. So, what's up, Shane? What's up? Uh, I'll let you say I'm smart. So, thank you. <laughs> I won't confirm well, or deny that one. But yeah, it was great to great to be a part of this and create something for Zwifters to take part in, as well as to see how well Rasan does with it too. I'm really excited to see his journey through this whole process too. Yeah, sweet. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. We've got a, a little partnership going on with Unbound. And, uh, you know, Unbound, for those that don't know, is uh, one of the original gravel races um, on the planet. Uh, probably, mm-hmm. you know, certainly the most uh, prestigious uh, and I would say the most gnarly as far as the ones that uh, I've participated in. And uh, and Zwift's uh, partnered, partnered with Unbound this year. Tell us a little bit more about that, Shane. Yeah, so we partnered with Unbound this year. Uh, we're the official training community, which I think is a really important thing to call out because ideally training with friends and with people that you like is a super important aspect of continuing to train and also enjoying the training you're a part of. And Zwift is a great way to really train with your buddies because you can right. train with anybody at any time from anywhere in the world, which I think is really awesome. Uh, and obviously training indoors is great for the overall quality and the overall efficiency that that training can bring as well. Uh, that's not to say you should not ride your bike ever if you're doing a gravel event, which we'll get to a little bit later. That's a definite high on the priority list. But yeah, it was great to be partners with them. Uh, we have also an in-game kit, in-game arches. So we have some swag that Zwifters can unlock throughout the course of this program as well. And yeah, it was just great to meet the team. I was fortunate enough to be 
on their podcast uh, about a month ago. So that was great to meet the team and just really awesome people. Sweet. And, and, and I love bringing up, you bringing up the community aspect of it, because one thing I uh, noticed and remember probably the most out of Unbound was when I did it was how much of a family and a community that that whole scene was and and specifically mm-hmm. the the people behind the race uh like they acted or genuinely seemed like they knew who every person was and they were genuinely excited that you as that individual were racing their event and were a part of it and that's uh to me that's what's great about gravel in general and we tend to have a lot of people with those personalities but the the folks behind unbound specifically are are next level Agreed. I got the same vibe from them too when I talked to them, so I totally agree. Awesome. Uh, now, Rasan, how'd you get wrangled into to doing this thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think it had a lot to do with um, just me stepping outside of my wheelhouse and doing something different. Um, you know, I raced 100k crits for yeah a long time, um, and that was kind of my bread and butter and. Every now and then I had some success in longer events, you know, like uh, maybe like the Philly Classic or something like that was was five and a half, six hour race. But for the most part, you know, where I knew I had a good chance was these 100K crits. Um, And so after retirement, um, I decided to start doing things I thought I would never do, like race across America. As, As a professional, I would look at race across America as this event for like non-cyclists and people who just had a lot of time in their hands and were a little gnarly. I never thought in a million years that I would do it. And then one day I did, and it really opened my eyes up to all the different levels of this sport we call cycling, you know? And here's gravel, that's just another layer um, to this, uh, to, to cycling. So um, I like that it's not exactly up my wheelhouse. I like that it challenges me. Um, I like that um, there's a training plan that I'm following on Zwift. Like all this is challenging to me, you know. Um, I I love Zwift. I love racing on Zwift and doing climbs. I'm not a big guy who likes to follow programs, so that's challenging to me to focus on the program and actually um, give it uh, my all, you know. And that's what that's what keeps that's pushing awesome. me is these challenges. Curious if if you're similar to me in that. As a retired pro, I'm the same way, man. I it's hard to get me to get on a specific program and to do the lots that somebody's telling me to do. But I'll go right off the Zwift twice or jump in yeah. a, a race. So what what is it about that that's difficult, and why is it easier in this situation for you? I don't know, man. I think it's some people are just wired that way, you know. Um, I, I had I had some some people at my house doing a Zwift session, and I was like, man, I can't believe I just completed completed a a Zwift workout. I think I've done two. And I've <laughs> really? done Zwift for five wow. years, you know. And <laughs> seriously, that surprises me. Yeah. I've never ever do huh. Zwift. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. So um, they were shocked, <laughs> just like you. Um, I wasn't shocked. I just. I, I, I'm like you in a sense, Matt. I think I just like to get in there and, and see, like, you know, get into the, to the high-level race and see yeah. how good my fitness is from doing yeah. all the other things that I do. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think it's just a, maybe a personality thing, you know, and, and it's all up to the individual because I know some people that totally. they love the workouts 
and that's all they want to do. You know, they're like race. Oh no, this workout is just as hard as a race. Why would I do a race? Right. This workout is killing me. You know. Right. Yeah, and I the guess complete opposite. Yeah, Shane, and you could speak to this probably, and I think that's what is interesting for people going into gravel because it's different than what they're used to. Is mm-hmm. train your you know, like mo- training your weakness, right? Like that makes sense, Rasan, for you not to get in and do high intensity uh, workouts because in general, the people you're riding against probably don't have the top end that's like deep set <laughs> in your uh, system, Relative right? Like I imagine, mean, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. So you're talking about 100K crits. How long does that take? Uh, so when I won us pro crit in Chicago, it was 62 miles, a uh, hundred, hundred kilometers on a pretty challenging course. It had some, some elevation and the winning time, luckily I crossed <laughs> the line first was just under two and a half hours, but you're still crushing it at like the average yeah. was 31 miles an hour for two and a half hours. So it's pretty, that's, you know, that's it's crazy. Right. And you're averaging 31. <laughs> But you've got yeah. these like, like I imagine your 10 second spikes were like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so funny, you know, I think I had a Garmin back then, but I wasn't right. really concerned with power. It was like, it was more of like grit and having a heart to even stay in for <laughs> two and a half hours, you know, um, the attrition rate, as you could imagine, was massive. You know, you're talking cycling was booming then you had a field of 180 guys and the finish wow. was 60, you know? Uh, it, it, yeah, it's just, it was crazy. Um, so yeah, I, it was just totally different. And it's funny, like when it comes to the training for, for unbound, I think what I need most is like, uh, it's just endurance. You know, I feel like I could get through the first four hours, five hours, no problem, but it's like, what's left after that. You know what I mean? And that's what that's what uh concerns me. <laughs> I love I love that we're talking about endurance and you're like just like four or five the first four or five hours is fine. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that's what's so crazy about unbound. <laughs> and this is what I love about cycling is that you can have athletes that are at a very high level but are can meet in the middle even though their strengths are on different sides. Like for me, I did unbound like that's my wheelhouse. Long I was Ironman triathlete, time trials for five hours that's my jam so unbound was sweet and i did the cascade classic downtown crit in the pro race years ago 100 percent, 100 the hardest yeah. race I've ever done in my life. <laughs> terrible like i was i was on uh you know i was tail gunning for 90 minutes of a 90 minute crit <laughs> and that was the hardest thing yeah. that that i could possibly do so shane t- tell us speak because again you're smarter than us the physiological difference between what it takes to do well at something that Rasan has proven that he's great at being those crits and that that high end, even though it's two and a half hours, that's very short, like high yeah. end effort uh, versus something like training specifically for a gravel race. Because I think most people that are cyclists are used, especially if they're on Zwift, used to doing half hour races, hour races. Right. What's the difference between doing well at that and doing well at a 10 to 18 hour race? I think Rasan hit it pretty well. It's just really practicing the same stressor again and again and again and then gradually becoming better at that stressor so if you do a lot of sprinting and a lot of anaerobic capacity work you're going to naturally become better at sprinting and anaerobic capacity work just like if you do a lot of long endurance or ultra endurance stuff you also gradually get better at that too 
I will say, genetically speaking, sprinters are born more or less than like really hardcore endurance, like uh, ultra endurance athletes are. But that's not to say that sprinting is still a pretty highly trainable aspect of fitness too. Um, and yeah, I think pacing is also a big thing, which we can probably get into later. Because even if you have this ridiculously high FTP, if you don't know how to pace yourself four, four, five, six, seven, eight hours, you're going to blow up after the first couple hours of unbound. So that's also a really, really key thing. Plus nutrition, plus hydration, because it's really hot, really dry, usually on race day. And then the overall just, you know, mental status. Are you able to keep yourself motivated, keep yourself engaged for that duration? Or are you just going to mentally break because you're so tired after six hours in blazing sun and dusty sure. conditions, right? So for there's sure. a lot of the stuff that goes into it. So, so yeah, so let's get into it. So if, if we're talking about this really long endurance event, and uh, obviously we think Zwift can benefit athletes training for a specific event, um, like Unbound. What is it, what should we be looking for? What, what are athletes gonna get out of this eight week training program? I don't imagine you're gonna have them do eight hours uh, you know, uh, on, on Zwift for each session. So how can these short efforts, yeah, right? How can these it's short actually efforts- actually the first week, it's a nine hour ride. So everybody's in trouble. <laughs> No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So tell us how you could do these short workouts, but it's going to help you do better at a 12 hour race. Yeah. So the, the key with Zwift is, as you said, it's, it's quality over quantity, I would say. So shorter, very structured, and also a lot of variety in that structure, not doing just a 20 minute straight long effort at the same steady cadence. Cause that's just really boring, not really sustainable for the long term. So these workouts are on the shorter range, you know, an hour-ish during the week. They have a lot of changes in cadence, a lot of changes in tempo and just overall intensity. A, that's to break up the monotony for indoor training. But B, the Flint Hills are notoriously very, very steep. And they require you to produce very various powers at various cadences pretty much the entire race, as you can speak to, Matt, pretty well. And then the third workout is that long ride which ideally should be done outdoors, which seems weird for indoor training app to recommend an outdoor ride once a week, but for the best training stimulus and to be as specific as possible to the demands of Unbound, you have to ride your bike outdoors, ideally over gravel, practice your nutrition, practice your hydration. You know, can you reach into your back pocket to get a piece of food out of your back pocket? Do you know how to change a flat tire? Do you know how to do all those super basic skills that you don't really think about until something happens to you on race day. And then, oh shoot, I didn't do that during my trainings. So now I have to learn how to do it literally on race day. So there's three main key workouts per week and two short rides indoors and one long ride, ideally outdoors. Sweet. And, you know, opposed to popular uh, belief, we at Zwift love riding our bikes outside, right? Like that's the whole thing, right? Is that it's uh, it, sure. it allows allows us to be efficient with time uh, and to train maybe some of those weaknesses or some of those uh, zones that we don't, wouldn't normally train an outdoor ride. But uh, we're all just trying to get fit to, to be uh, having a good time outside. Right? Totally. It's also too like it's starting to get warmer in New Hampshire, but it's not like I have more time to ride during the week. I, I still have a career. I still have two kids. I still have responsibilities. I can't ride my bike for four hours because the weather's warmer. 
So I still ride my bike indoors when the weather is nice because I it's great for quality and I can fit it into my schedule. But then I might ride longer outdoors over the weekends as the weather gets nicer. Totally. And, um, you know, when I when I did Unbound uh, years ago, now 18, you know, I, I was trying to, to do my best in that race and, and put a bunch of time in. It was a year after I retired from pro triathlon. So I was used to putting in effort. So I was doing 20, 25 hour weeks near uh, kind of kind of the end. But I was still getting in on Zwift and, and doing uh, efforts. I was doing the Alp stuff, but I had written a gravel training program years ago uh, for Zwift that, that I used uh, some of as well. And it was that kind of what you're talking about, Shane, that RPM variability because mm-hmm. – even more so then because we didn't have as big a gear range as they do now, but still those Flint Hills, you're going into these little Creek beds. And when you come out for someone, get ready. When you come out of these Creek beds, it's like a freaking wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's super, super steep. So I think, uh, you know, training, training for that stuff specifically yeah. is, is, is super, super important. No doubt. Totally. Plus like, yeah, I think one of the things too that help with with the Zwift workouts is the mental aspect too of just like yeah. staying locked in and staying focused. Um, because sometimes you could have all the physical abilities in the world, but if you're not like mentally locked in, it it really doesn't even matter. You know, you can lose it all from your thoughts. You know what I mean? Um, and so I've, I've noticed like when I was doing to get the Tron bike, you know, at you're you're like, man, I have so far to go to get this bike. But it, it, it really, for me, it was just like, dude, just do it. Like get focused. It's, it's, you're yep. going to get what you want out of it. Plus you're getting the fitness out of it. Right. So it's like this, you have this goal that's there was just fictitious bike, but you, you're also making physical gains. And it, I don't know, it was something about going after that Tron bike that really helped me like I guess you could say like conquer Zwift because at times it was hard for me to like, yeah. oh, I got to get on Zwift. But now it's like, it's all good. You know, that, I, I understand the benefits, you know, it's that's like, sweet. It's Cause I, I, tool. I, you know, I did that years ago. Like I, that's kind of my jam. I'd go up the app as much as I could. Although I didn't realize you had to like click on a button to like start earning points for the drum. <laughs> so I think I probably, yeah. I probably earned that. A I few did times. the same thing. But now my thing is the, uh, routes because i'm at like level 42 and i'm like i haven't actually gone through and clicked through them all right so like i'm doing that and that's a, a motivation um to get me on so as talking motivation like obviously unbound is the thing so let's let's get into it and i think shane i think you brought up some good points where you know we talk about training and obviously using the the eight week program that you designed is going to be helpful uh, for people to get uh, physiologically ready and certainly if they've got time uh, constraints and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, a lot of the stuff in Unbound is the stuff that you're like, oh, people might end up you know, forgetting about it and figuring it out on race day, like the logistics and the nutrition yeah, yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff. What's, uh, what is it about gravel, uh, both of you guys, that is different or might be surprising to, to people that have never done a race before, like that, that sort of like logistical side of it. For me, so I'm in New England and gravel around here is not as, I guess, extreme as unbound, Sh- typically shorter events. Like I can't tell all the time, but there are typically shorter events and they're typically around like April, like right, right around this time of year. So it's still fairly cold. 
So I always struggle with dressing appropriately. <laughs> I've done, I don't know, a million <clears throat> outdoor rides and I dressed wrong for 999,000 of those <laughs> rides. <laughs> So for me, it's always dressing, man. I just can't get the dressing thing right for whatever reason. Uh, and then for, for their actual event itself, it's, yeah, getting used to riding over uneven terrain. That's always super weird because I typically ride on Zwift or I ride just on the roads. And you don't really have to worry about where your front wheel is pointing or worry about like getting washed out. You can just ride your bike, right? So I've always struggled with those two aspects is learning how to, I guess, drive my bike through that sandy, gritty, uneven terrain, and then just learning what clothing I need to bring to the race, which is always a struggle. Yeah, yeah totally. And that, that's, uh, that's fun too, though, right? Like I think the going over uneven terrain, it's, uh, you have to be more aware, right? Like to me, it, it allows yeah. it, it, the time passes, uh, a little bit quicker because you're you're just more active and you're kind of you're not necessarily as much of a, a passenger on these things and for sure i mean you said unbound is is pretty gnarly like i think people especially like west coast gravel been doing that for years people are like oh unbound it's no big deal but i mean i will tell you it is it's pretty rowdy in sections rasan and the flint hills those mm-hmm. roads are those flint flint rocks are knives they are knives waiting. Like I, I had three flats on my bike on race day and I had a flat on my rental car the day after. <laughs> <laughs> Not kidding. Um, so like, yeah, learning how to be soft and to like pay attention and ride through, through that stuff is, is super important. Yeah, I would imagine. And, and that's why honestly, I like the, the unbound, uh, training series is because like, you have this ride that's outdoors and, and Shane kind of touched on it earlier. It's like, those are all the unknowns that you can't necessarily prepare for indoors, you know? Um, and, and I also think that the Zwift training, it, sometimes it's hard to quantify. He's like, Oh, I only did 60 minutes, but that 60 minutes really translate to much more. If you were, if you were to do that on the road, you get much less out of that 60 minutes. You know what I mean? I know where I live. I just can't roll out and do 60 minutes mm-hmm. uninterrupted. So if I do 90 minutes on Zwift or, or, you know, or even like two hours, I feel like I rode like three and a half hours, you know, because it's this constant motion. The pedals are always turning. But then the outdoor ride, I think, is so key because you're right, man. If you you puncture, then what? you have to be physically there and mentally there to be like, all right, this is what I got to do. I have time. I'll make up some ground. Don't panic, you know, and go through those motions. So yeah, I think it's brilliant that you have that, um, you know, some outdoor rides in, in the program. So, so Rasan, what, what are you, you know, you're uh, obviously to be at the level that you were and still are in racing and certainly like a, a race like Ram, you, you have to think about everything, right? Like people think athletes were just like, put our heads down to go as hard as we can, but it's those little things that like, we're going to overly think about and prepare. Right. So as far as like the, um, uh, as far as equipment goes and that side of it, what have, what have you been thinking about that? Um, you know, you're, you're trying to do differently or maybe you're still curious about for, for this race. Yeah, maybe a little unorthodox. Um, 
but I spent a lot of time on my road bike, a giant TCR and the new ones, you can go up to like 32 tire. And I don't know if that's good enough for unbound or not, but I would really love to ride my road bike with bigger tires and a bigger cassette. Um, I've ridden the, some gravel bikes. The Revolt is a great bike from Giant. Um, but I just, the, the TCR fits me so well. And every time I ride my Revolt, I just feel like I'm fighting the bike and it's not natural to me. You know what I mean? Uh, even when I'm mountain bike, it's just, I spend so much time on a TCR that is the bike of choice. If I could ride a TCR in the mountains and it has suspension on it, I probably would. You know what I mean? That's how much I like the bike. That's funny. Is it is it the geometry of like, is it slower like, is it a slower steering that you're not as comfortable with? That could be it. Hot, that- high bottom brackets, a little more laid back, you know. Um, and again, I think what it really boils down to is that I don't spend enough time on the other bikes. You know, um, my, my bike of choice is always a TCR. You know, um, I would rather ride that than any other bike during the week. So, yeah, I think uh, that's going to be interesting. I'm going to try it out in a gravel race this weekend with some bigger tires on it, uh, bigger cassette, and and see how it goes. And then that'll be like my litmus test for uh, Unbound to see what I really need to do. You can do clip-ons? <laughs> it sounds like, though, from the, from the rocks that I need to maybe go a little bigger on the tires. You can do clip-ons in the front? Like those other crazy pros do. Have you seen the pros like Ted King and Ian Boswell? They run with <laughs> clips like that. I mean, uh, clip no. on aero bars. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that. No. Yeah, it is crazy. I'm not going <laughs> yeah, that fast. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you might not need. You might not need the aero bars. But yeah, I would look at. Um, like I think you could run 35s at Unbound and and be okay. 32s, it's just hard to find a 32 mm-hmm. that has a casing that's not going to get sliced as many. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's my only concern. Yeah. Like I'd be running Cush Core and 24 PSI at Kansas. Or sorry, at Unbound. Mm. Yeah. And you, it's, I mean, that's a great point. You know, all the resources you exhaust for, for some and maybe a lot of people and all the time you put in to get ready for a race like Unbound, like, why skip out on buying a new set of tires to make sure that you can even get through the race? Because what's the point if you get there and you're just having mechanicals all day long? So if it's going to cost you, you know, an extra 400 bucks to make sure yeah. you can complete the race, it's well worth it, you know? Oh, totally. And, and you know, when, when people ask advice on that event, what's the most important thing? Like I, like I said, I was, I got three flats, but the race, like, there's enough undulation and, like, a lot of them are slow leaks that I was actually, I was in the front group till my third flat and then i had to finally like put a tube in and fix it but like you can plug Mm -hmm. it and get back on if you have you know if you time it right wait for a hill or whatever you need to do but for me i'm like i'm wearing a camelback and i've got my co2 and the chuck and my plugs all here like seriously man like if you can use it like if you think of fixing a flat as like similar to nutrition then it's going to keep you in those groups a little bit further up the road. Cause it's sure. I think people think of flats as things that like happen to them and it's just random, but like, I guarantee you, you are going to flat at that race. It's going to happen. So like be prepared for it and not be, like figure it out. Just as Shane was saying, like, that's what these outside sure. rides are for. Like don't figure it out on race day because it's hot. It's sweaty. You're going to be hungry. You don't want to figure it out. Then. Yeah. I like the, I like the idea of having all your, your change of flat material, like 
you know, like you're a police officer with a, <laughs> yeah. with a tactical you have, like, vest on. Bullets in the chambers, yeah, you just, just CO2. You can just pull everything out. <laughs> yeah. That is cool. Totally. Yeah. And pe- people, people have those things like on like the little bags and in front of them and, and, and all yeah. that, all that business. Um, so obviously that stuff's important. Um, let's talk about nutrition in a second, but Shane, we were talking about like, uh, I guess it's kind of tactical for a race like unbound, but also, um, it would be our effort can be a tactic as well. Right. Like tell us the wrong way to start a race like unbound and tell us the right way to do a race. The wrong way would be like every Zwift race start. (laughs) <laughs> we just go completely yeah. bananas for the first minute to two minutes and then you gradually yeah. go into a pace that's the worst way to start a race and then the best way yeah. to start would be a real gradual increase in pace and ideally trying to minimize threshold and even tempo in the beginning really trying to stick to like zone two like really easy perceived exertion uh which is actually interesting too some people are like really in tune to their power numbers and some people are more in tune to their perceived exertion. I find personally after like two or three hours, my power numbers can be lying to me because I'm just fatigued. So I typically will use my power meter for the first hour to two hours to make sure my pace is not going crazy when I'm feeling really good. But then I'll switch to how my body is responding, how my brain tells me I'm doing. I'll kind of make that transition to more of a perceived exertion way to judge my pace. Not sure what you both do for those really long events. If you make any kind of change or if you always do by power or always do by exertion, I'd be, I'd be curious to hear what you both do. I'm more about exertion. Um, I'm definitely listening to the body and, and with the really long events, the better I feel early, the slower I go. Actually. Yeah. Which is so hard to do. My whole thing is like, yeah, it is hard, but it's like, nah, we still got six hours to go. Like, you're going to be suffering. I'm going to feel great. And sure enough, when you do that, <laughs> nine times yep. out of ten, you feel great. <laughs> and the ones that were crushing you are on the side of the road yep. eating cookies, you know? So um, that's cool. how I tend to go about it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's smart. And I think it's smart only because I obviously agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can but, disagree. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. No, I think it's like it's one of those things that I – if you're tapered and have trained well for a race, your ability to do high numbers early is like, that's what's going to happen. Like that's what you've set your body up to do. Right. right? And, but you're not warmed up for it. Uh, the fatigue hasn't set in yet. So I think for me, I use my power meter certainly for the first couple hours, just to make sure I'm not burning any matches that I'm not aware of because like you can't really, you're like, oh, I didn't realize I was putting that kind of effort in because I feel so good, right? So, like, I use it there, but I think both of you guys are right. For me, it goes off of perceived exertion. And when I've coached people to a race like Unbound or given people input, it's like you do not want to feel like you tried at all until you're five or six. For out. sure. And, like, if you feel like you're trying, stop. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say that's right. where – So many people get that wrong. Like nutrition goes right. Hydration goes right. Training goes right. But then they totally blow it because their pacing is just so, because they're so stoked those first two hours. Like I made it. I'm in the group. Let's do it. And then they go way too hard. But it's obviously really, really hard 
to do, at least even for me, I still have to really like calm myself down, take a few deep breaths at the starting line and just like let people go and let people pass me if they're going crazy. So that's super, super difficult to do. It's, 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 I think it's much easier said than done, but another great thing to practice in your training, if you're not used to holding to a specific pace, especially outdoors, because indoors is relatively easy. Outdoors, you have undulations, you have uneven road surfaces. So all those things create all these challenges to keep a really steady effort. So it's also a great thing to practice during those outdoor rides in that uh, on training plan too, I think. For sure. And I think um, kind of goes off of what you were saying, Rasan, is that, you know, you've got a lot of experience, right? So you know that you're like, okay, I can be patient. If I feel good now, I'm going to wait even longer to like do anything while these other cats think that they're like tiring me out or they think that they just don't know. Right. And for me, a lot of it can be, you get, as you were saying, Shane, you get excited about these races, right? So race starts and at unbound, there's like thousands of people and you're riding together right. for a, 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 a ton of time. But like the year I did it, the first corner, like the guy who won the year before was like crashed out in the corner, right? Like it's chaos. <laughs> it's absolute chaos and stuff's happening right and left. And I think for me, I think a thing to of these endurance events, a tip that I give a lot of people is go look at the results and look at the, wherever you think you're going to finish up. And if, if you think you want to finish top 10, look at the top 10. If you want to think you're going to finish top 100, look at top 100 and look at the gaps of time. Yeah. And the, the gap from first place to 10th place in a race like unbound could be 40 minutes. Right. Uh, and certainly from like a hundred place to 90th place could be a half hour. So remember that gap when a half hour in, you're like, I got to get to that wheel in front of me 10 <laughs> seconds up. Like the small gaps don't matter at all. Right. That's a great point. And, and Shane, t- tell us a bit about like the physiology behind that. Right. Because that 10 second gap, can be way more damaging to try to get back right in a race like sure that. i mean i guess it depends on how hard you push to close that gap and how quickly you close it right but for sure i mean if you're going super super deep and you know burning those matches people like to call them if you burn those matches really early then you're for sure going to pay for that in hour five hour six hour seven right so yeah that can be really damaging to your overall progress and you're also, if you do a lot of match burning, your ability to hold power naturally decreases too because you're just fatigued. So you're almost, it's almost a, a double negative where you're burning matches, but you're also lowering the power which, which you can sustain for that five or six hour event. You know, a lot of that actually crosses over to what I do in crit racing. <clears throat> and I teach guys all the time. Like I did a training crit last night and I, this guy, he was just cornering so horribly. And I was like, dude, follow me. Just follow me for like the next four laps and watch how I don't hit the brakes. Watch how I can pedal through all these corners. Because what he was doing, which this translates to gravel racing, is like when you use all these small efforts, it may not seem like a big deal, for like you just mentioned, you know, the first few times, but in crit racing, if you're going around a four corner crit for an hour, you know, you're going to turn each corner, I don't mm-hmm. know, just call it 50 times. So you're telling me you're going to do 50 efforts for an hour. You, you can't sustain that. And if you do, you won't have anything at the finish. So I think my, the lesson last night was dude, follow me. 
he was basically backing off the wheel to, and then having to chase out of the corner to get back on the wheel. I was like, this is why you can't finish a crit. You're wasting like so much energy. And I think it's the same with, with, with gravel races. It's like you, you brought up something earlier, Matt was like, if you're, if you're chasing, just wait, know the terrain know yeah. that a hill's coming and you could potentially make up some ground there and if you're a good descender on the gravel maybe you make up your time there versus giving the big effort on the hill so like you're always thinking and i was when people ask me like what was my favorite thing about bike racing i would say that i figured out all the small stuff i was never that fast i was never that strong it was that i was always thinking ahead of like what was going to happen what i can do little small things that'll make a big difference, you know, and I, and I, it's the same approach that I'm going to have when it comes to gravel racing. Totally. And, and to your point, what you were saying, you were teaching your buddy last night is that you didn't have to make any of those efforts till like the last lap or two when you're like, okay, now it's actually time to win the race. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think what's, what's helpful with a, a program like Zwift and, uh, or sorry, the program that you built, uh, for Zwift Shane is, it builds in that intensity because as much as we're saying, take it easy, don't go hard, you're going to, and those Flint Hills, the steep sections of those Flint Hills, are you're going to do some undergear or some overgear work in that race. You're going to put out, you're going to be forced to put out watts that maybe right. you wouldn't have trained for where, where something like this is going to prepare you to absorb that. A little bit, right. Right. Yeah, and as you said, no amount of gearing in the world, if you're still going to go up a 30% gradient, you're going to have to produce fairly high power over that gradient, right? Unless you're riding like, I don't know, a plate for like a 100 tooth cog or something in the back, which obviously nobody's going to be running, right? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. And I think too, as you get more close to the event or as you're closer to the event, you want to be more specific in the training. So the plan takes that into account too where at the beginning of the plan is mostly zone two some zone three not a lot of like really specific work but then once you get into weeks six week seven especially like those later weeks it gets really specific to the demands of flint hills or holding a steady power it gets really specific to the demands of unbound which is also a really key aspect for training too that's awesome and people listen up because i think for a race like unbound no offense to other coaches, but a lot of coaches and people that haven't done it can be extremely lazy and be like, it's 200 miles, ride your bike a ton. It's like, okay, yeah, like we know that, right? But like you building in that specifically is is super smart. And forgive me for what I'm about to do because it isn't what it sounds like. But what shocked me most after I did that race, looking back at power files was... Like, I think it was, I don't, I can't remember time, but it was like 10 hours, something. My average Watts were like 285. The amount of time I spent over 450 and 500 Watts was like 45 minutes or something. Like it was way more than you'd think. Like the top end, just because those hills. And if you're up front in the group, like there's little efforts that like you're pulling through, you got to do it. And when you're, we're trying to pull through on gravel, it takes a little bit more power. Like you can't, like Rasan, I know when you're on the road, when you're pulling through, you're not pedaling if you don't have to, right? Like you know how to get the draft, right? You just get through. On gravel, you gotta put the power to go around. So like for me, the biggest thing 
that surprised me after that race was how hard do you have to go for like, if you're doing a 12 hour bike race and 10% of your time is really hard. Like that's a lot of time that you're riding hard. At I'll say too, it's for me when I'm, when I'm climbing, I tend to be out of the saddle. I feel much stronger out of the saddle, but on gravel, sometimes you can't be out of the saddle cause you're not going to get traction on that rear wheel. So I'd also say for, uh, athletes listening, if you aren't used to staying seated with your butt way back in the saddle to keep pressure on that rear wheel and then really grinding it, I would also practice that in your training too. Cause that was also a big struggle for me and something I found out the hard way for my first gravel ride where I just kept washing my rear tire out when I, whenever I stood up. Totally. And that's, that's another reason to, to look at your gear tires, uh, pressure the running joke at gravel races is the beginning is what kind of pressure you run because it is it's it's super important right and that's that's the kind of stuff that'll help so um okay shane because you're smarter than us and because maybe rasan can he's got experience but maybe he can glean something out of you what about like the nutrition side of these things yeah so <clears throat> nutrition for me is all about carbohydrate for the most part uh and grams per hour is really tough to say but the most common is between 70 to 90 grams per hour of carbohydrate and typically multiple sources of carbohydrate. So it might be glucose or sucrose or fructose, some different types of sugars, not just all glucose. And it really depends too on what you're, what you can stomach, right? Some athletes really don't like gels because they get a lot of GI distress. So it might be just trying to eat as much natural food as possible. Rasan has his hand raised. I'm the same way. My issue is after five, six hours, I don't want to eat anymore because I'm so tired and I have to then switch to like super processed stuff. So my strategy is always again, aiming for that, like for this type of ride, 70 to 90 grams per hour of carbohydrate at least one bottle of fluid, 24 to 26 ounces per hour, if it's hotter, even more. And then trying to get as much actual food in me for as long as I can tolerate it, and then switching over to more processed gels, blocks, uh, even pure liquid like Mauritan or Propetium or one of those products. Sometimes those work for me too. Uh, but yeah, same idea, nothing new on race day. So practice your nutrition strategy and what you're going to eat and drink in your training, not at unbound. What do you, what do you got, uh, Rasan? What are you, what are you planning on right now for 12 to 18 hours of bike riding? Uh, usually for big endurance rides, um, the morning of my breakfast is very important and it's basically Italian dinner. <laughs> Interesting. Um, pasta goes a long yeah pasta goes a long way for me in the morning um so like <laughs> no nah, it's usually just just salt pepper and olive no oil no heavy cream um but yeah just like nope no heavy cream none of that stuff i, I just noticed through um alan lamb used to coach me and he got me to start using a diary and uh because there were certain certain races where it could be five or six hours and i would feel great and then it'll be a three-hour race and i'll feel horrible and so we started doing a diary and we figured out like for crits, I can get away with eating a sandwich a few hours before, um, or like some oatmeal, but oatmeal for a five hour race didn't do anything for me. After two hours, I felt mm -hmm. like I didn't eat at all. And so start playing with rice, start playing with pastas and finally realized if I'm going to go train like 
tomorrow if I'm going to train five hours for, for breakfast is pasta, you know? And so that's usually my go-to for, uh, for big events. Um, so I'll definitely be having that. Uh, and then man, when it comes to like the, the other side of nutrition, like hydration, I'm just a big water drinker on the bike and I have a hard time doing mixed drinks. And I know sometimes that bites me in the butt. Um, but my, I just have a very sensitive stomach when it comes to the, you know, the, the nutritional stuff you could put in your bottles. I, I, I nine times out of 10, it's only water yeah. in my bottles, you know? No, you, and you got to use what, uh, what works for you, right? Like you've, you've gone through it plenty. And, yeah. uh, certainly if you got through an event like Ram, uh, you're, you're getting enough in the system to, mm-hmm. to be able to succeed. Right. Yeah, for Ram this past year, the big thing though, because it was so hot, we had triple digits um, for the majority of the race. Was a mm. lot of Pedialyte, yeah, you know. But we had the luxury of having a van follow us with all of this nutrition. So you know, Unbound is going to be different. You're not going to be rocking around with a big old like baby's <laughs> Pedialyte in your your back There's pocket. A van so, you <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might need to hire a motorcycle or something to follow me. Um, so that is going to be interesting. You guys talked about the heat. Um, you know, around June in that time of the, of the state. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Maybe I do start implementing, um, some sort of a hydration mix because I think it, it will be important. Um, but I am a little nervous to actually change it up. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing, uh, for, for most people is, is know what works when nothing's working and like, be okay to like change your plan once your stomach shuts down. Like for me at that race, I had my bonk at like whatever, 150 miles. And there was one of the, uh, like aid stations left. And I called my guys and I'm like, guys, we're switching. And do you guys know like the, uh, orange slices, uh, the Sather's orange slices at like a gas station, you know, the gummy orange mm-hmm. slices guys, it's all orange slices <laughs> and Coke. And they're like, what? I'm like, literally throw everything else in my pack away. And I, all I ate was, you know, a hundred orange slices <laughs> and 90 ounces of Coke. And it got me through it. It was fine because I knew that like my, my stomach works if I just throw, throw sugar at it. So some people it's different. Some it might be a ham sandwich, but, um, okay. So we're, we're getting near the end of our time here. Shane, what's the last bit of input advice that you have for folks training for unbound and specifically for our man here, uh, that's training for unbound as well. I would say for me, it's always important to remember to keep it positive and keep yourself, I guess, focused on the goal at hand because you're going to have bad days in training, just like bad days in life. But as long as you're making progress towards your goal and you feel motivated and positive that you are going to get there and you are going to make the changes to your body and get your body prepared then that's half the battle, I think. So stay positive, stay motivated. And, you know, if you have to miss a day of training, don't beat yourself up about it too much because those things happen. That's okay. And, uh, Rasan, considering you're, you're, you're doing the same thing. These other folks are doing maybe that are training for unbound. What's your kind of parting piece of advice or thing maybe you're looking forward to the next uh, little bit as you train? Yeah, I think Shane is absolutely right. I think a majority of the people that are following his program on Zwift um, were the same, you know, jobs, families, juggling life and everything that is thrown at us. And uh, yeah, I think uh, just staying positive is is what I would say too. Um, 
I've missed sometimes three days in a row when I thought I was going to ride all three days and it just comes with it. And you, you ride when you can and get the best out of that time. Um, and if, you know, the program says ride an hour, you do that program, maybe you just do an extra 30 minutes on top of that afterwards, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's one of the things that I do is if I miss a couple of days, I just try to not cram it, but just if it's, you know, like I said, an hour training, just throw another 30 minutes on top, you know, uh, for, for that day. And you will believe it or not, oftentimes when I do miss those days and when I come back, the body actually feels really fresh and it was like, it was meant to be. So I don't really fight it. And I would, I would say that for everyone else out there listening, if you miss it, totally fine. Uh, you, we, we still have a lot of time to go and the race is a long time too. So, uh, it'll, it'll be okay. Dude, that's, uh, that's awesome. That's great advice. And I think yeah, whatever's in the rearview mirror is in the rearview mirror, right? Like, can't do anything about it. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, in training, but yes, on race day, when that thing happened that you didn't think was going to happen and you think it ruined your race, as long as it's behind you, like, it's behind you, right? Yep. That's sweet. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks, you both, for, for coming on and, and chatting about it. Hopefully, uh, we gave a little bit of insight on uh, how Zwift maybe can help train for unbound, but maybe some of the unknowns that uh, people had uh, going into unbound as well. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, sweet. And uh, Rasan, best of luck. I know we're all going to be following along. Wish you the best. Yeah, good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sweet. And uh, thanks you all for listening in. Uh, hopefully you got a little something out of our chat and look forward to seeing you out on the gravel roads and out on Zwift uh, training for those races. Until next time, ride on. Right on.